Welcome to A Wild New Work, Ecological Guidance for Your Career. This podcast is about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life, and it's all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm your host, Megan Leatherman. Hi, friends. Thanks for being here. Um, If you follow A Wild New Work on Instagram, you know that I have a new workspace. It's a cedar shed in my yard. Um, It's really beautiful. It smells amazing. Um, It's absolutely wonderful, and you can see pictures online. But it also means um, that the sound quality for these episodes is a little bit different. I'm doing my best to make sure it's not going to interfere interfere with your experience, but you may hear birds, squirrels on the roof, cats, cars. Like it's really, um, I'm really out in the elements here in my in my urban backyard. So um, apologies in advance if you hear something that I just can't control. Um, and if it gets too bad, we just won't do it for future episodes. But we're going to try it out today. Um, I'm really excited to share these thoughts with you today about how to future-proof your career. This is an adaptation of a talk I gave to HR professionals and students last month, and I wanted to share it with you now because we're still in tourist season for a few more days. We're in the middle of spring, um, and this time of year, this zodiac sign teaches us about how to create stability in our lives, true stability how to be resilient and ready for new growth, for challenges, for difficulties, for change, for the expansion that's coming in the summer. Um, So it makes sense seasonally and with regard to what's happening in the landscape around us, especially for those of us in the Pacific Northwest or in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, And it makes sense collectively. I think right now we are in a time where we've really come to the end of the line with regard to what Western culture values, Um, values around wealth, social status, individuality, rationality above all else, um, expertise, what's called the meritocracy. Um, All of these things have, I think, sort of been taken to their logical extreme, and we're seeing the impact and the effects of that. Um, And I think if we're going to survive as a species, we have to be rewriting our values and living them out in a new way. We need values that honor environmental and social justice above profit. Um, We need a different set of values to live by. And many of us are doing that already or trying to make more room for that in our lives because we see the negative impacts of, um, you know, where we've been or the way that we've been thinking or the way that we've been um, living as a as a society for many, many years. And all of this can feel very like out there and separate from us, our individual lives, our lived experiences, but of course it's not. We know that nothing is truly separate. If we want to survive and thrive personally and collectively, if we want to really be resilient people who can grow even after setbacks and disappointments, then we need to look at what we really value and then make some choices based on that. So in this episode, I'm going to share three big ways that you can future-proof your career and become more resilient personally and professionally. Um, And those are, one, by remembering that you're you, finding your right ecosystem, and then making peace with the biosphere. So these are the big things that I'm going to cover. Um, And I think, I hope you're going to get a lot out of it and think about resilience and stability in your life in a different way. 
Um, so before I dive in, I want to share two announcements. Um, one is that I'm offering a few in-person sessions. Um, I'm calling them eco-coaching because they are a blend of forest therapy and what I've been doing with the rewilding work guided nature walks and with my background in career coaching. Um, so if you would like to work with me one-on-one on an issue that's coming up in your career, I would love it. And you can learn more at awildnewwork.com slash eco-coaching. The other thing I want to share um, is big, and you know this already if you listened to the last episode, um, I want to share more about the first course that we're offering through A Wild New School, which is the summer session. So if you missed the last announcement, A Wild New School is my latest collaboration with my friend and co-founder Megan Miller, who's an incredible therapist and life coach living on the Oregon coast. Um, And for the last year plus, we've been developing a new model for career development that's based on the seasons. And that's going to be kind of lived out and shared with you through this course in the summer. Um, And enrollment opens next Thursday, May 23rd. So I want to tell you a little bit about the seasonal model. Um, One of the sweetest and most consistent pieces of feedback I get about this podcast is that it's very timely. Um, People often tell me that it's, you know, just what they needed to hear or something that they were already thinking about that I had kind of brought to life in a different way. And that's not because I'm doing anything like extraordinary here. Um, What all that I'm doing is really paying attention and aligning my actions with the environment around me, really drinking in what I see the plants doing, what I see the weather doing, what I see the animals doing, what I see myself doing and what my own body wants to do. Um, And we'll do the same thing in the summer. So as the seasons grow or cycle through, we change our actions. We change our behaviors to work in alignment with what's happening around us so that our efforts are actually in flow with our spirit, our body, and the natural world that we live in. So if this podcast has felt helpful to you, it's not, it's again, just because I'm paying attention what to what is already available to you as well. Um, so taking this timeliness, this relevance, this very, this presence with the natural world into the summer course, we're going to focus on three big themes. Um, flow. So what have you outgrown in your career and how can you really dip into the rivers of ease and alignment and just not feel like you're swimming against the current constantly at work and in your life? We're going to cover authenticity. So what are your strengths? Um, what are the gifts that you have and how can you live them more fully at work? And then manifest manifestation. So how can you bring your gifts into your career, really bring yourself into your career um, and create something that's really going to feed you financially, um, you know, spiritually, it doesn't have to be a cure-all or a panacea, right? Because nothing is, but really aligning your work in a way that feeds you and feeds your community and others that you support, whether that's adding a side gig, um, finding a new full-time job, finding a different part-time job, changing how things are at your current job. Um, you know, it can be big or small. So the focus on expansion, which is the focus of the summer course, is a really good fit if you feel like you're in a dead-end job, if you're feeling like you're not interested in your work anymore, or if you just know that you've outgrown something in your career but aren't sure what to do instead or aren't sure what to do next, but you know you don't want to get into the same 
patterns or kind of work that you've been in. So that's a little preview of this incredible course that we're offering. Um, Enrollment opens next Thursday, like I said, and it's open until June 17th. The course starts on the summer solstice on June 20th, and it will last 10 weeks. So it's a big investment, but we felt like that was the right timeline for people to really see the changes that they're going to be working on and to really feel held and supported in this container. So we'll go until August 22nd. Um, The materials will be delivered digitally and via hard copy mailed to you each week if you'd like. I know when I've done online classes, it can feel like I really lose track or feel overwhelmed because it's all online and I really benefit from being able to read and write on paper in front of me. So of course we will be using recycled paper um, but that's, I'm excited to offer that as well. So there's so much to talk about with this course and what it includes. You can find all of it online. Um, it's, I think we tried to price it at a really accessible rate. There's payment plans. Um, so it's here to support you in feeling good and really deeply growing in your life and your career in a way that's aligned with what the world is doing around you what the natural world is doing so you can check it out at a wildnewwork.com slash summer session which i'll put in the show notes below um and yeah just check it out it's i think it's really beautiful and i'm excited to share it with you so with that why don't we do our opening invocation so wherever you are you can take a deep breath settle into your body get a little heavier in your seat or in your legs if you're upright. May this episode and each of us that are listening to it be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Chinook people who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. So I want to start this episode by talking a little bit about the future. Um, The future can feel like a pretty scary place, especially given the climate instability that we are witnessing and experiencing right now. Um, It was almost 90 degrees in Portland last week. Um, You know, early May, I don't remember. I've lived in Oregon almost my entire life. I don't remember it ever getting that hot this time of year. Of course, now it's like 60 and raining. Um, So climate change brings a certain level of instability and fluctuation and kind of wild shifts. And we're actually really lucky. And I want to acknowledge the fact that we even still have seasons, especially here, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, where we've always had four seasons and it's beautiful. And I love living that way, but I don't want to take it for granted. Um, because climate instability could eventually bring um, a different kind of seasonality or things that you know are no longer um, here for us anymore. So it's no secret that we are in a crisis. Um, the earth will go on with or without us, but many of our you know plant and animal friends are going extinct. Our species might go extinct as well. That's really unsettling and scary. And sometimes I feel kind of paralyzed by that fear. And of course, 
on top of that or underneath that even, there's lots of unknowns about work and the economy. So we know one of the things we do know about the future, there's not much, but we know based on the current trends that more and more jobs will be automated, potentially displacing up to 30% of workers in the U.S. Um, And these changes are happening faster and faster with the growth and spread of technology. Um, And all of these things, these are huge, big parts of our lives, and we're impacted really greatly, sometimes subconsciously, uh, by them. We can't help but be impacted by them. And when we're not conscious about them or seeing how the fear motivates us or how the fear might inform our decision, we can get into patterns of hoarding or you know, really fear-based decision-making based on um, scarcity. We can do things that really drain our energy and make us less resilient, less capable of adapting to whatever the future holds because we can feel paralyzed or like we're just running around trying to hold things together and it, it can feel scary and really, really hard. But despite all of this, despite what is happening in our climate, the flowers around me are blooming anyway. You know, we have a young Douglas fir in our yard that's still growing despite, you know, what might come in the next 50 years. The sparrows outside my window are still making their nests and laying eggs, right? We all have to keep going, continuing to live, but it doesn't have to be in the same ways that we've been going or living or working. So when I'm talking about future-proofing your career, what I'm really talking about is becoming more resilient, more capable of change, less fearful, and more fully yourself, rooted in and really ready to receive what you need, receive the sun, the nourishment from the soil, and then give it back to the world around you through your particular bloom or fruit or whatever you are here to produce or offer the world. So for our purposes today, I can offer like a working definition of resilience, which is really just building a strong foundation that enables you to meet whatever comes with a level of grace and self-assuredness. So that's what we're talking about here. Um, We all try to future proof. We all try to control the future or ensure our safety and success in the future. It's part of being human, part of being an animal. It's natural. Um, But we get to decide how we want to do that. And a lot of us future-proof out of fear and wanting to control. And we have to be aware of when we're doing that. Um, I have a lot of experience doing this, and I want to share some of the things that I've tried with you in case it triggers um, awareness about some of your coping mechanisms. So when I have felt uneasy about my future career prospects or about money or about um, you know, my, what I was putting out into the world, I have tried pursuing skills that I thought I should have, even though I wasn't interested in them. I have gotten a graduate degree, even though I wasn't the topic or the material I was learning about wasn't truly aligned with me. I've tried to climb the corporate ladder and pursue promotions. I've tried to, you know, act like what I thought a coach or an entrepreneur should act or look like. I've spent too much money trying to future proof. I've spent no money trying to future proof all out of fear, out of wanting to control what was out of my control. And none of these things helped me actually become more resilient. 
what actually helps, what actually makes me more resilient and what I see making other people more resilient are the things that I want to share with you in this episode. So again, I'm going to talk about remembering that you're you, finding your right ecosystem and making peace with the biosphere. So I'll start with the first one. Remember that you are you. If we think about the root of climate change, like what is the root cause of this? And this is just a working theory. Um, I, I could, I'm willing to be wrong here. I think the root of it is this um, extraction. It's this extractive orientation, right? Oil drilling, fracking, logging, not letting the soil regenerate between seasons or between crops, really just taking, taking, taking. And the earth can't stabilize itself, even though it wants to, and it, it can, absolutely. But the earth becomes unstable because we keep burdening it with extraction and taking. And the drilling and the fracking lets off you know, gases into the atmosphere that deplete our ozone layer and make us you know, more susceptible to toxins. And it's all of this um, just burden and taking and pulling from resources that are overused. And I think personal instability or the inability to be resilient comes from the same root, extraction, pushing our bodies beyond the point of regeneration, burdening our systems with toxins, stimulation, pushing ourselves to constantly work, trying to get as much out of our bodies and our time and our brains as we can. Um, and that cycle, that orientation is just unsustainable. It's the prospects, if we keep doing this, are just as dismal as climate change, right? Something has to shift. We are at the end of the line here. And extraction shows up in really insidious ways, especially at work. It can be, you know, a lot of managers or HR people are told or taught to expect you know, try to get as mo as much as they can out of their employees, um, not filling positions and putting that burden on an employee, you know, to fill the gaps instead, um, trying to get as much out, out of your organization as you can. So a lot of us, when we're feeling like we're in crisis, we're trying to get from others what we really need to give ourselves, squeezing as much out of your time as possible, trying to make the most of every meeting, right? Not giving a lot of room for openness or open reflection, um, trying to get as much as you can out of a customer or a client, expecting something for everything that you do. These are some ways that extraction shows up. And it doesn't mean that you're bad. You're just part of this culture, which is focused on taking and conquering and domination and getting as much as possible out of um, a thing or the earth or a person. But that's not who you truly are. That is all learned behavior and it can be unlearned. Who you are really is a spiritual being in a body. You are both of this earth and beyond it. You have a body and that body is the vehicle for your career. And I think people actually forget this. A lot of us are still working as if we don't have needs like rest or silence or enough time to eat, time to really move our bodies or regenerate, time spent in nature. I think the industrial era still kind of has its tendrils in us telling us that we should be more like machines, but we're not. We are nature. 
So we have to really trust ourselves, trust our natural cycles, trust what we want, trust where we want to be, trust when we want to move and when we want to rest. When we start kind of peeling away the outer layers of what we've learned or what we feel like we should do or be like, we connect with our own internal rhythms. You know, you as a a human, I believe you want to be well, you want to rest, you want to move your body, you want to exert energy and then recover, you want to be creative, you want to connect with other people, you are not someone who, you know, without a manager would just sit in squalor on your couch and never do anything, that's just, that's a lie, that's not true. But we have to start first with the body. And I know we talk about this on this podcast a lot because once your body is cared for, once you're, you know, you're stabilized in your system, you're getting what you need, then your strengths can be more easily expressed in and outside of work. And that makes you incredibly resilient. When you know what your strengths are and you let them lead you in your work, you let them be expressed in your work, you will be so much more equipped to deal with whatever comes up in the future. So we haven't really talked about strengths a ton on this podcast explicitly. Um, I think strengths are the gifts that come easily to you and that get exponentially better with your attention. So these are the parts of you that never change. You were born with these gifts and they stay with you throughout your career. Even if sometimes they're not expressed, you know, you might have a job where one of them is expressed, but not the others. You might have a job where, you know, three to four of them are expressed. These are the things that make you you. Um, And it's beyond skills or bullet points that are on your resume. Your strengths are sort of the deeper foundation underneath your skills and your achievements. And it's hard to know what they are and live them out if our bodies aren't taken care of or if we're not grounded. But when we are and we're working with our strengths, it usually feels good. It's energizing. um, And that's because our strengths line up with who we fundamentally are. It's natural. When we just focus on our weaknesses or on our faults and we're trying to kind of mold ourselves into skills or strengths that aren't truly ours, we waste a lot of energy. We get tired. We're less resilient. Um, And to make this a little more concrete, I want to share a concept from a book by Gay Hendricks called The Big Leap. Um, And I'll put a link for this in the show notes. Um, And he writes about four different zones that we live in. And I want to walk you through those. So the first one is the zone of incompetence. Um, This is when you're doing work that really bogs you down. You're just doing stuff that you are not good at. Other people are much better at these kinds of things. So for me, if I think about what my zone of incompetence would be, it's like if I were trying to lead an exercise class or if I was trying to do your taxes for you, um, I might get by, but it's going to be really clunky, really hard, and I have no business doing them. So these are the things that we want to just avoid, like just stop trying to excel in this area. Um, You just probably won't. And it'll be really frustrating. The second one is the zone of competence. So this is the place where you're good at getting things done, but you're only equally good as others. So you don't really shine here. You don't really enjoy it. You just sort of get by. And the best thing to do here is to really delegate these tasks as much as you can or limit their presence and try to focus on where you're really gifted instead. So These are things for me in my business, it's things like, um, you know, 
software set up like for my systems, accounting for my business. I try to automate that as much as I can because it's not really where I'm gifted um, and it's just not something I enjoy. Where you're gifted often aligns with what you enjoy, so that's something to pay attention to. The next one is the zone of excellence. So this and the zone of competence are where a lot of us get stuck in our careers. In the zone of excellence, we're actually really good at what we do. We might have been recognized in our field. We might have been promoted. We might have made a lot of money. um, But it's still easy to be in sort of workhorse mode here and get comfortable because life is good enough. We think, you know, it's hard work, but work is meant to be hard. We're doing well because of the feedback we get around us, but we're still capable of a lot more. Um, You might be expressing some of your strengths in this zone, but it still requires a lot of effort. So for me, I think this was when I was working in HR in an organization. Um, I was good at it, you know, at least according to my managers, um, but it still required a lot of effort. And um, if I wanted to stay on that track, I probably... I probably could have been making good money, um, been climbing the ladder, doing all of that, and been seemingly successful, but it would have taken a lot of energy. So if we want to get into the next zone, it requires a lot of discomfort um, because we have to leave behind something that feels familiar and comfortable. Um, And it's worth it because then when we step into what he calls the zone of genius, it's really the true expression of who we are. So this is the place where we're living out our giftedness in the world. And it doesn't mean that we don't work hard or that we, um, you know, just sit back and let all the riches come to us. That's not it at all. We still work, we still hone our skills, but we're honing the things that are natural to us where we actually have the potential to be really great at something. Um, because we're working in our zone of giftedness, which means we can really excel. So I would encourage you to consider and think about which zone you have been in with regard to your work. Um, You know, what zone are you in right now? Where have you been? Have you ever been in your zone of genius? Um, And I'm sure you have, even if it's been in small ways. What did it look or feel like? Um, How could you get back there in some way? And this matters because when we are in a zone of incompetence, competence, or even excellence, we're having to put more energy into the work than we're probably getting out of it. So again, we might be enjoying financial stability or high social status, but we're not really as resilient and steadied for the future as we could be because we're working against the current, which is draining and ultimately not very sustainable for the long term. So when we're in this place, we might be doing well, quote unquote, at least materially, but we might find that we're easily triggered, we're defensive, we're fearful about things falling apart, or we're afraid of competition, or or we're just tired or like deeply unhappy at our jobs. And none of that is a problem. It's just information about where you might be in relationship to your strengths, what zone you might be in, and whether or not you're doing work that's really in alignment with your authentic self and your strengths. Um, So that's what I want to share about remembering that you're you, remembering that you have a body, you are of this earth, your natural rhythms are 
perfect and should be listened to. And when your body is stable and grounded, you will naturally express your strengths and you get to decide, you know, what kind of zone you want to be in, what your zone of genius looks like. Um, and it's really the hard work comes in knowing our strengths, but actually, and then actually living them out and choosing to honor them instead of trying to fit ourselves into this mold that says, you know, we need to be this way if we're going to be successful. So the second method to future-proof your career that I want to share is find your ecosystem. So humans have a lot of choice over where we work and live. We cover the globe. We've, you know, adapted to many, many different ecosystems. And some other animals are like that as well. Um, I think of the cockroach. Like, (laughs) the cockroach can survive in many different environments. But some animals are actually very sensitive to their environment and can only live in a very specialized kind of place. Like, the koala, right? So the koala only eats eucalyptus, um, and eucalyptus can only be found in certain parts of the world. They need a warm, kind of moist, inviting environment for that species. Um, and we have to consider what kind of environment is right for us too, in terms of our work and our life. Where can we get what we need while also staying adaptable and flexible? And not every ecosystem is the right fit for us. Not every organization is the right fit. Not every industry or work culture will be a match for you. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you failed or, you know, should be a match for those places. We have to really let that go, let that comparison go, and just focus on finding a place where we will have to adapt, of course, but not at the expense of our body or our strengths. So we're looking for a lifestyle or a workplace where you can really sustain your energy for the long haul that allows you to deepen your roots, stay nourished and produce your fruit for as long as you're there. Um, and again, that will look really different for each of us and no place is perfect, but we have to be aware of what we need. What kind of ecosystem do we like to be in? What kinds of people are there? What kind of work is getting done? What kind of office space are we in? What's the pace like? Is it fast paced, slow? Are you working alone a lot or with other people? We have to be aware of the right, what is the right environment for our bodies and our strengths. And I think we have to, again, open the possibilities here. So over the course of your career, I encourage you to really explore lots of different work arrangements and options. Um, One thing we know about the future of work is that traditional kind of nine to five full-time employment with benefits um, is not going to be the sort of default mode of employment for all people. Um, And you can have a mix of many different sources of incomes. Um, you can have full-time work. You can have part-time work with side hustles. You can do full-time work with side hustles or side gigs. You can do contract work. You can be working you know, really hard to pursue financial independence where you are you know, saving money and investing and will not have to work eventually. You can do all of these things, which is called a portfolio career. Um, you get to mix things up and really um, express your strengths and create an ecosystem that fits for you. And when we do this, when we mix things up and keep an open mind along the way, we're less dependent on any one job or any one source of income. 
um, it's incredibly empowering to, to tap into your strengths in this way. Um, so think of yourself as someone beyond a certain job um, and really think of how your strengths might want to be expressed in the world in and outside of you know traditional employment. I want to share a quote by Carol Stubbings, who is the global leader of people and organization at um, a consulting firm called Price Waterhouse Cooper, or PwC. Excuse me. And this is from their 2018 report on the future of work. So here's what she wrote. As individuals, actual human beings, what do we need in order to thrive and prosper in whatever the world brings? The secret for a bright future seems to me to lie in flexibility and in the ability to reinvent yourself. If you believe that the future lies in STEM, S-T-E-M, skills, and that interests you, train for that. But be prepared to rethink if the world doesn't need so many programmers. If you are a great accountant who has prospered by building strong client relationships, think how you can apply that capability without necessarily having to be an accountant. Think about yourself as a bundle of skills and capabilities, not a defined role or profession. And I like that quote because I think it helps us open our minds a little bit to what's possible in our work and our careers. You are the only one in charge of your personal and professional growth. And that doesn't mean that you're not impacted by your demography or where you live or the economy, but What's true is that there, there really isn't a job or a skill, a degree, a mentor, an organization, or anything outside of you that's going to shelter you from change, from pain or discomfort in the future. Um, you know, you are the thing you need. You're in charge here. You get to decide how you want to live out your values and your strengths in your work life. Um, and there's really a new model being developed in terms of work, and this is from the World Economic Forum report. The typical model that we've been in for work is that we learn a skill, we do the skill, and then we retire, right? But what's becoming more prevalent in this new world of work is that we learn a thing, we do it for a couple of years, we learn a new thing, do it, we take a rest, maybe a sabbatical or a mini retirement or a break, and then we repeat the cycle. There's not this one kind of learning a skill set and then doing that for the rest of our lives. That's becoming more and more rare. So if you know what your strengths are and what you need, if you prioritize your well-being and look at this as kind of a, a sustainability question, like how are you going to honor yourself and your strengths for the long haul, then you have a basis of understanding about what kind of work ecosystem fits for you. So you want to get clear about what your strengths are. You want to get clear about what you need in order to express them, the kind of environment that's right for you. And then you want to think about what your top priorities are right now. You know, our priorities change as we grow and evolve as people. My priorities right now are flexibility and creativity and the, you know, the chance to grow personally while also serving other people, um, but in a way that honors the fact that I have part-time childcare and other limitations that are, that are just a reality in my world. Your priorities might be a lot different. You might be at the end of your career um, where you're thinking about what, you know, what you want to take with you into um, elderhood. You might be at the very beginning and thinking about, you know, whether or not you want to do schooling or what kinds of skills you'd like to learn and practice for a few years. So, 
we're really just thinking open-minded here about how to get into our next best ecosystem or environment. And again, it's not about fitting yourself into an environment that's not sustainable and is really going to zap your energy. This is about finding an ecosystem that fits for you so that you can really be in your zone of genius, you know, honoring yourself and contributing in the way that I know you want to. So it all takes trial and error. Um, Adaptability, I think, acknowledges that there are limits to what we can do. And we want to embrace those and see how creative we can be with them. Um, so do your part, you know, uh, focus on your strengths, know what they are, live them out, get a strong resume in place. If you're in a job change, connect with your network and your mentors um, and set your intention out into the world. And then you just have to sort of let go of the rest. Um, yeah. So that's, that's about finding your ecosystem. The last thing that I want to share about how to future-proof and be really resilient in your work life is to make peace with the biosphere. So the biosphere is just what we call our overarching environment, the thing that contains all of the ecosystems, um, the big systems that keep our world going. Um, And this helps us future-proof because we're, again, talking about how we use our energy and where we place our focus there's really only so much that we can control. You know, the sun rises every morning without being told, without anyone setting an alarm or asking it to. The moon is full. You know, we have a full moon on Saturday the 18th. The moon is full every month without our input. The moon is new every month without our input. The energy that we put out, what we do is important, but our work is really to adapt and contribute positively to the ecosystems that we are in. We really don't have control over a lot. Um, So what we do have control over now and into the future are our perceptions. So how we think about the future, how we think about ourselves, how we think about what's possible, um, how we perceive our realities and what we can change. Our actions are absolutely within our control, how we choose to shape our life, whether we choose to honor our strengths and be in our zone of genius. We get to choose to a certain extent what kind of ecosystem we want to be in, how we treat our bodies, how we talk to ourselves. We get to control our reactions, so how we respond to limits, to disappointments, to getting fired or laid off or rejected. Um, But beyond our perceptions, our actions, and our reactions, um, we really don't control anything else. Um, And that can be incredibly scary and incredibly liberating. So in that place, in acknowledging what we do and do not have control over, I think working with natural cycles is a really healthy, you know, ancient way of... um, taking responsibility for ourselves and working, doing work that's in alignment with our true nature and the natural world around us that really helps us produce the kind of fruit that we, that we can, that we're capable of. So you know about this a little bit already, if you've already listened to the podcast, but like I mentioned at the top, my colleague Megan Miller and I have developed this sort of new model for career development that is really designed to help people learn to live and work more closely attuned to the seasons to their inner nature and to their outer nature. So every season has a theme with regard to our 
personal lives and our professional lives. So it's spring right now, right? And spring is about fostering new ideas, new possibilities, kind of scattering seeds out and seeing what takes, what grows, really renewing and kind of recommitting to our own rebirth. In the summer, we focus on expansion. The flowers get big, the vegetables bloom, the fruit on the trees is growing. We're taking action. We're cultivating and nourishing the plants that are already growing in our garden. In the fall, we enjoy the harvest. We reflect. We notice what worked in our garden this year and what didn't. We release the actions or the habits or the tools that we've used that aren't going to serve us into the year ahead. And then in the winter, we get quiet. We lessen our activity. We slow down. We hibernate. We renew. Um, We need that dark period of renewal. It's absolutely critical if we're going to move through the other seasons in a healthy way. So I encourage you this spring, while it still is the spring for about another month, to really tap into the activities that foster resilience this time of year. The natural world will show you what things um, foster resilience and help you kind of adapt in a good way to what's happening around you. So this is, again, a time for new life, rebirth, possibilities. So think about, you know, where is there new potential in your work life? What's growing in your career this year that wasn't growing last year? Where is there some new energy or some new intrigue? Again, your strengths often lie within what you enjoy doing. So can you do more of that? Can you name it? Can you hold on to it and let it lead you? We also think about what needs to be shed in order for new life to come into your career. So every seed that's planted has to shed its outer shell so that it can get into the soil and grow. You know, little birds have to hatch out of their eggs. Something has to be opened up for us to come into something new. Um, I would encourage you to think about how you can generate more aligned options for yourself. So true stability I think includes um, being empowered to make lots of different choices and not feeling stuck in any one option or any one rut. So, you know, do you want to consider other sources of income than you already have? Do you want to think about how you could, um, you know, plant new seeds in your career? Do you want to reach out to new people, kind of explore other possibilities, you know, really think wide and big at this time about you and your, your work, the things that you're here to share with the world. Um, and then of course we think about like the little, little steps that we can take every day to care for our body, really tend to our career, give these new shoots or these new sprouts a chance. And then by opening up and generating more aligned options and tending to ourselves along the way, you create room for growth in the summer for things to really get big and really change. So those are the big three things that I wanted to share with you. Um, again, we future proof our careers by tending to our physical and spiritual needs by putting ourselves in ecosystems that really give us a chance to thrive. And then by making peace with everything that's out of our control, which is a lot and a little, we still have a lot of control. We always have control over our perceptions, our actions and our reactions. Um, But by learning to move in alignment with our internal and our external cycles, just like the seasons do, we really give ourselves a chance to create stability and resilience and 
and really be able to face what comes in the future, even if it's, you know, wonderful or hard with a lot of grace and ease. So I want to end by saying that you are already doing this work. You know, the fact that you are here alive, listening to this episode, that proves how resilient you already are. It proves how strong you are. You already have roots. You already have new growth, even if you're not conscious of it. Um, You are here taking up space, and it's perfect. And I just hope that this episode helps you to continue that good work and really root in even deeper in the places that are healthy for you. Um, That is your right. And by doing so, you contribute to yourself and to your community in a really beautiful way. So... um, that's what I have for you today. Thank you so much for being here and sharing the space with me. I will be back in your ears or in your podcast feeds in near the new moon in two weeks um, in Gemini season. So I will speak with you then. Bye. Bye.